you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from the ChrisVossShow.com. The ChrisVossShow.com. Welcome to the big show, my family and friends. We certainly appreciate you guys being here. Thanks for coming to the big circus tent in the sky, the giant podcast, as it were, that encompasses uh, pretty much around the world. I mean, people listen to this darn thing all over the world. I don't, I don't even know why, because half the time, do they even understand what I'm saying? Uh, I'm, I'm waiting for like someone to approach me in public someday and go, I lived in uh, Mao, China, and like uh, Mao, China's not even a city. That's an old leader, but I just made it up, so I'm going with it. Uh, and, uh, and I learned uh, American English because of you, and, and also because of you, I... I can't speak it well either. Uh, so anyway, guys, uh, we have an amazing show, an amazing author, and some of the cool stuff that she does on the show. So we're going to be talking to her. Um, but until we get to her, I want to remind you that the Chris Foss Show turns 14 years in uh, August, I think it is. August or September. We're trying to get the date out of, of uh of when that was exactly there's somewhere it's somewhere it's written down. But we're gonna turn 14 years old, and damn it, we're a goddamn teenager. And we're going to act like it, and we're going to get Braddy and, and uh, Henri and say, uh, hey, man, we're putting two to three podcasts out a day. We are like a radio show. We, we just pound out the podcast. We just had the Tom Clancy authors on recently. Uh, there's some other cool, amazing stuff. And we have another amazing author on today. The brilliantest minds, and they're going to make you smarter and sexier. And if you just listen and you focus really deeply into each episode, you're going to feel your brain expand. And people are going to walk up to you and go, man, you glow. You're just skin's healthier. Your mind's healthier. That Alzheimer hasn't kicked in yet. Uh, it's just going to work so good for you. So further show to your family, friends, and relatives, go to youtube.com for says Chris Foss, linkedin.com for says Chris Foss, the big LinkedIn newsletter. And uh, what is there? Goodreads, YouTube, LinkedIn, TikTok. Go follow us on TikTok. Uh, she is the author of one of the newest books that's come out uh, May 31st, 2022. Uh, Bridget Cook Birch is on the show with us today. Uh, she is uh, a co-author of the book with Gary Lee Price, Divine Turbulence. This sounds like a Jack Ryan movie with, uh, who's that guy, Hans Solo? Um, didn't he do a movie about, was that the presidential one where he's in the plane? Anyway, I'm just joking around. The title of the book is called Divine Turbulence, Navigating the Amorphous Winds of Life. Did I pronounce that right? Amorphous? Amorphous. 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 Yes. Divine Turbulence, Navigating the Amorphous winds of life bridget is on the show with us today you can hear in the background there chiming in about how i mispronounced her her book name and uh her clients call her the book whisperer is uh there you go uh, she is a new york times and wall street journal best-selling author mentor humanitarian and speaker known for riveting stories of transformation her powerful work has been showcased on oprah dateline netflix discovery plus a and e CNN, GMA, NPR, and in People, among many others. Now she's on the TCVS show, the Chris Foss show. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, your name's there. There you go. Uh, there you go. As the CEO and founder of Your Inspired Story, she hosts inspired writers retreats, group coaching, executive coaching, and more. Her greatest passion is helping you discover the importance of your story and to become leaders in your own communities and worldwide. You can find out more at her website at yourinspiredstory.com. Welcome to the show, Bridget. How are you? I'm so good, especially after talking to you. I love your high energy. We have a lot of energy. It's the coffee or it's the cocaine. It's not sure. No, don't Which do one? cocaine, folks. That's a joke. We don't do drugs in the Chris Voss show. We just do really higher power coffee. Uh, uh, we should get a plug-in for your Inspired Retreat. You want to give that .com out? Sure. It's just simple, inspiredwritersretreat.com. And do you have any other uh, place you want people to find you on the interwebages in the sky? Just that yourinspiredstory.com is a perfect place. It encompasses just about everything you would want to know. There you go. So welcome to the show, Bridget. Uh, you've actually been here for a while, but I thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> uh, do uh, uh, You've written quite a few books, actually, haven't you? I have. Um, stories of Transformation, uh, all true stories at this point, although I'm working on a little fictional series in all my spare time. But uh, I have loved writing stories of transformation. So former skinhead who changed his life. Now he teaches kids to stay out of gangs. The daughter of a serial killer and how she overcame that skeleton in her closet. Holy crap. Um, the 19th wife of 65 women. That book is called The Witness Wore Red. And it's about Rebecca Musser who was able to put Warren Jeffs behind bars for life for 20 years. And then Divine Turbulence. Wow. Okay. There's a there's a lot to go there. Uh the the nineteenth wife of what was it nineteenth wife of six of sixty five. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Well good for her for putting that dude away. I've I, I when I was in Utah and they it was before uh his time and I knew I think I knew wasn't the Allreds? Well there was the Allreds and then his family. And he was the son and I think we knew the father through construction and stuff. Anyway, uh this is pretty awesome. So we're gonna be talking about the book today, Divine Turbulence, navigating the app amorphous life winds of life uh talk to us about what was the uh what was the motivation behind this book well it was um fascinating actually uh, gary and his wife lisa came to my inspired writers retreat and lisa his wife has an incredible book and yet as the uh weekend progressed we realized gary had such an extraordinary book and something that needed to be told to american society and actually worldwide society right now took us a few years to um to create it and draft it and really make it good and COVID, you know all of that but it's <laughs> really wonderful because it's about no matter what you've been through that you have the power to reach down and to lift another person and in this culture that we've had lately where people just destroy one another it is so refreshing to have some beautiful accountability and responsibility for our own lives and then you know to to be our brother's keeper there so you go. that was the impetus when i heard that story he comes from a lot of um well you know you've read about it but he comes from murder suicide mother and stepfather holy crap in Mannheim, germany on an army base and then was sent back to montpelier idaho from the frying pan into this like fiery den of torment and abuse and no one knew because the adults were all working at night wow. and so he had to survive 
um, some pretty intense torture for quite some time. And then he had his own liberation day, his own emancipation, mm -hmm. and he had to decide what he was going to do for the rest of his life. So he found God, and he also found art, and it mm -hmm. became his savings grace. It's really awesome. Wow. Now, how old was he when the, the his, his parents had a murder-suicide? This is kind mm -hmm. of going to put my he head around this. He was six years old. Wow. So he was a young kid and, mm -hmm. you know, had a little baby brother and all mm -hmm. of a sudden they were bereft. Came back to live with with parents in Montpelier and Ketchum, Idaho. Mm -hmm. And they were half, half siblings, so then they were separated. And there's a whole incredible saga with that, too, that has to do with responsibility because, mm -hmm. you know, what do you tell? What do you tell if you're a grandparent? What do you tell your grandchild that happened to your mother and father when there was a murder suicide? Wow! And so they did the best they could, but they told something that was not the truth. Mm. So the two brothers meet later in life, and they've got two different origin stories. Holy so, crap! This mm -hmm. is like one of those movies or something. Oh, or maybe I'm it should be a movie. It. Yeah. So, so does he know that? I mean, I, I, I don't want to give away parts of the book if you want to, you know, make them teasers to, you know, people go buy the book, they got to read it. But does he know that uh, at the time when he's six, that what, what's taken place? Actually, it happened in front of Gary Holy when he shit. was sick, but wow. his baby brother didn't, you know, didn't witness any of it and was too wow. young. Wow. So he just took that whole story hook, line, and sinker until he was an adult. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, what a thing to have to find out later. You know, you got to explain to somebody else who uh, who didn't know. Um, yeah, so, and Gary even he sorry to interrupt. He he even um, asked the military for a police report because he's like, "Am I crazy? Did I remember this right? I was yeah. young. Did I remember this wrong or differently?" And the police report not only verified but gave him more details. You know, wow. to, to understand, but still wow. was heartbreaking for his brother. But then he goes to you. I think you said Idaho, right? Mm -hmm. And is he being adopted at that point? Is he going through? Uh, his, his mom's first husband is the one who took him in. Okay. Yep, and just um, showed up as a beautiful father to him. But he worked mm -hmm. nights, and he had remarried, and his wife had a, a son, uh -huh. and um, that that um, half brother of of uh gary's turned out to be his nemesis it was wow. a terrible situation so torture and abuse and enslavement and uh and so he he suffers through this uh and then uh out of it he he when does he when does he break through when does he find uh you know the the, the uh uh getting out and re rebuilding you know what what semblance of a life he can yeah, well, at first, um, you know, he didn't know what to do, and he mm -hmm. just had to go along with the abuse. But his brother was seven years older than him, and mm -hmm. uh, he actually ended up getting married right out of high school and left home. And all of a mm -hmm. sudden, after all these years of abuse, Gary was free. Wow. And uh, it was for high school for him was this time, like, who am I? What am I all about? His yeah. whole life had been relegated since his mother's death, you know, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden he's like getting to explore and decide and ask questions about God, ask questions about life. And he had some teachers that saved his life because he was suicidal even in third grade. Wow. But there were incredible teachers at AJ Winters 
um, uh, elementary school and then other teachers that that believed in his art when he was in high school and he became regionally very famous for his painting mm. and then when he found clay and was able to start to put the worlds in his mind into something three-dimensional it's just magic like his his work is in the hong kong library outside wow. the vatican and mm -hmm. multiple churches cemeteries arboretums space the space um, museums all kinds of things it's wonderful wow and so he basically turned all i mean just a very dark uh beginning of his life into something beautiful that he can share with other people that they can also be inspired by the beauty absolutely and you know his very true story has ups and downs as the best ones always do uh what we call the trifail cycle where you're trying to overcome something and then you have you know some lessons to learn until you finally can rise but his wow you know just the parallels to uh victor frankl's story and some of the most important lessons that any of us can learn during this lifetime of how to take responsibility for our own lives it's really quite incredible yeah i'm looking at some of his sculptures uh, on his website and these are amazing this this beautiful one i think of ben franklin or mm -hmm. maybe it's george washington maybe no, he, well, I know he has a Ben, he probably has a George Washington too, but I know he has a bench with Benjamin Franklin. Yeah, that's Benjamin Franklin. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty good. See, I, I flunked second grade, but I still have <laughs> uh, Yeah, look, what's cool look. too, Chris, can I, mm -hmm. can I share with you? He found out that um, less than 20% of the United States outdoor statues contained women. So oh, all wow. on his own, he created a woman series. So he's got like Mother Teresa and Harriet Tubman and Jean d'Arc and several other really amazing women that he created these large life-size sculptures for. So he's he's quite a contributor, if that makes sense. There you go. Well, this is amazing. You know, I when I was a child, uh, there was a guy who lived on our street who was a sculptor. And uh, my parents were ultra religious, uh, ultra cult, ultra religious. I have my own scars from childhood. Can you tell? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, everyone's like, "Yeah, we get, we've seen him." Uh, the uh, uh, but you know he, he you know and they had issues with nudity and different things like that. And and so I would go uh, mow his lawn. I think he paid us to mow his lawn or something. And he had this expansive, spacious yard. It was it was Southern California, and it was just this art. It was when you walk in this yard, you go, an artist owns this home. Like, I don't know what he does, but an artist owns this home. That The home was like, it was just beautiful. And so uh, we used to play through his whole yard. It was like an adventure. But he would he would take us into his studio and sh we, we get to, you know, he talked to us about sculpting and and, uh, and and he would show us like the artwork he did. And it was beautiful. And, you know, a lot of a lot of his stuff were nudes, but he would he would talk to us and teach us about how, you know, we'd be like, oh, that's bad. You know, our parents said that's bad. And he'd be like, no, the the the, the frame of the woman is beautiful. You know, this is, you know, and it was kind of like uh, getting taught early then by, uh, you know, uh, whoever uh uh, whoever sculpted the David, this you know the David sculpture and things, and he, he talked to us about the beauty of, of you know uh, of of uh, the human body and the shape of it and 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 life and and stuff like that. And so we were just we got a whole different perspective of him looking at the sculptures that he would do, and kind of get an appreciation for art. He kind of taught us that appreciation for art as kids, and uh, and and a different side, of course, of what we were being brainwashed with. And so uh, that really helped us. 
it really helped us a lot because <laughs> we're getting we were getting told that some interesting thing from the cold. Yeah, um, that's a fascinating story. How an artist was yeah. able to to help you to expand your perspective of life and it help did. you. Yeah, yeah, because you know we were told, hey, naked people are dirty. That's dirty to see people naked. That's bad. And and you know he taught us the, you know how how the frame of of humanity is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And you know it, I I I don't know if he influenced any sort of. Uh, upper frame in us. I don't remember much, but I remember looking at the things and, and he would show us how he would work with the clay and all this stuff. So this is really beautiful. Um, and, and an inspiring story, I, I think probably in much of a way where he can help people uh, see his journey and learn from his story. Definitely. Mm -hmm. you, you, we talked in your bio about how one of the things you help do people do is tell their stories. Why are stories important to people in your, in your words? Oh my goodness. Well, I have seen through my 20 years of working expressly with story, how words and stories can change the world mm -hmm. and how they do. And, you know, even, you know, we've been talking about these, these last years where sometimes people will tell stories and they tear each other down, but through centuries, we had stories that helped build each other up. We had stories that helped define roles and understanding of things. And now as we're in a much more free culture, we have the ability to tell really powerful stories. And the, the most powerful storytellers are the ones who are changing the world. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Bill Gates, he, he had talked about how he was a lousy, he was a great businessman and inventor, but a lousy um, in certain things until he learned how to tell story. And then all of a sudden his whole career took off. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's several people. I, I love this quote by Harold Goddard, who says, the destiny of the world is determined less by the battles lost and won than by the stories it loves and believes in. Mm -hmm. And so for each individual, we have stories we love and believe in, but sometimes they're stories of limitation. Sometimes mm -hmm. they're stories of great victory and possibility. And so I love to bring those out to be to be real and raw and authentic about the lows that every human experiences, but then also to take readers equally high. And when when people have an opportunity to see that in themselves, it is really powerful. I was on um, with one of my clients this morning. He's like, I am finally seeing the worth of, of my soul and my story because I took the time to be reflective and write my past. Mm -hmm. And I got chills all up and down because I was like, right? And he's doing this in his early 40s. And, you know, most people won't even try to dig into this until they're 60 or 70. But there's so much power at whatever age we come to, to be reflective and to recognize, wow, I have been on my own hero's or shero's journey. Mm -hmm. And I have come back from different cycles with beautiful gifts to share with the world. And it is worth celebrating. Really there you go. The hero's journey. I was going to talk about that. It's a common narrative archetype or story template that involves a hero goes on an adventure, learns a lesson, wins a victory with newfound knowledge, and then returns home transformed. You know, we we love these stories of the hero's journey. We love these stories of the phoenix, the the rising from the ashes, the going through you know trials and tribulations. I don't know anybody in life 
who who goes through a perfect run of life. And I, mm -hmm. I, I think I tried to espouse that to my young niece and nephew when they were graduating high school. That the, 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 the stuff's going to happen. You you think kind of when you're young, you're like, ah, I'm going to do things perfect, and and it's going to be a perfect run, and there's not going to be any rain on my parade. Well, you're in for you're in for surprise. Um, and and these are the stories that really inspire us. I, I, we often talk on the story. Uh, my audience is probably he's going to do it again. Um, where stories of this are, are kind of the owner's manual of life, and that's mm -hmm. how we learn uh, from each other about life. You know, and and they're the history telling. They're the griots of life, uh, and and that's how we learn. But it's also how we keep. Uh, you know, I, I don't talk about this much often. You know, hope springs eternal, and. And a lot of times we need that hope in life. You know, we need we need those stories in life because sometimes that helps us realize we're not alone, and and it helps us get through the journey. And we need that bump in life. You know, my my way of keeping hope eternal is I is if I got depressed, I'd sit down and watch cops for two hours. And then when I got done, I'd be like, Hey, you know, my life's pretty freaking awesome. <laughs> I'm not getting arrested today. You know, maybe tomorrow, but. Uh, I'm not getting arrested today. I'm not the guy in the wife beater on the couch uh, who takes his shirt off and gets in a fight with the cops. My life is doing really good. There you, know? you go. There you go. I still live in a trailer home, but that's another story. Uh, but, you know, I watch cops and I'm just like, wow, I feel really good about myself right now. But no, Hero's Journeys is so awesome. And uh, so you help people shape and tell their stories with uh, what you do in, in working through your company, right? Yes, absolutely. It just because m most people have a tendency to play small. You know, we've been taught, um, you know, don't don't poke your head up, don't have a big head, don't don't do these things. But if you if you do really epic storytelling, you're not only vulnerable about the lows of your life, but then you also are going to give yourself credit for the epic rises too. And that's what people need to know because when they open a book. They're looking to go into another world, to be transformed by that character, to understand what it might take to find the hero or shiro inside of them. And so, you know, if, if you do the little squeaky thing like, oh, I don't want to make it sound like I'm too great, but I also don't want to show any of that, you know, skeletons in my closet. And then there's just a flat story. But when there is that deep level of beautiful vulnerability that makes each human understand one another, because mm -hmm. our situations are different. Like I write a lot of extreme stories, obviously, but somewhere in that pendulum of humanity, we can find ourselves and understand and, and understand that author. But then also when they rise is go, wow, if she can overcome being the 19th wife of 65 women and she can go on to testify more than 20 times in a court of law mm -hmm. and she can, you know, wear red every time because Warren had outlawed the color red mm -hmm. and here she comes sashaying in and oh. a little bit of red. And the last time she saw Warren, she said, he said to her, I will break you wow. and I will train you to be a good wife. Well, now she comes back in, sashaying in that forbidden red, mm -hmm. and it's her way of saying, you did not bring mm -hmm. me. Yep. And there's just, you know, so many elements that we all have in our own story. So mm -hmm. I teach the epic storytelling. I teach the best selling, and it doesn't mean that you stray any strand from the truth. It's mm -hmm. about letting your own light shine to such a glorious degree that it actually can assist other people on their journey. 
Yeah. I think, are, do you find that most people are kind of dismissive? Like, they're like, oh, I don't know, I had some things happen. Oh, I didn't be inspired by them. Do, do you find that people are kind of that way about some of their stories? Yes, especially in public and in groups, mm -hmm. but privately. Nine out of ten Americans think that they have a story that would be worth publishing. Yeah. It's just less than 3% get it done. So we're about, hey, take a step in the courageous. That's what we do in the Inspired Writers Retreat. It's like, let's come and be courageous and really explore this mm -hmm. all the way to the other side and then see, you know, who actually would really want to hear your story, listen to your story, be inspired by you. Mm -hmm. It's actually humanity is, you know, yeah. everyone has a certain segment of the population that they can reach. And we, you know, we want to, we want everyone to buy our book, right? We want to yeah. be New York times bestseller, have millions of copies sold. I go door to door. There you go. <laughs> I can see that, Chris. I can see that. That's a you know, good when idea. We, when we narrow it down to who can I serve with this story, it becomes really personal. Uh -huh. That's where I've seen the miracles happen. That's how wow. Oprah happened. That's how Dateline happened. That's how, you know, one woman was able to help, you know, disperse an organized crime unit in the name of God, right? Mm -hmm. Where they were trafficking young girls. It's like oh, wow. just choosing choosing to show up and to be of service to to do something better for humanity it's there you cool. go what's the old line i think it's from shakespeare uh, we're all players on the stage we're all actors and players in the stage the world stage and and uh we inspire each other something along those lines mm -hmm. i clearly function we are merely great. players the whole world is a stage and we are merely players yeah. there you go uh so you know i I, I, we have so many great authors on the show. Uh, are you listening to the show, people? It's two or three shows a day. <laughs> Got to get my <laughs> kind of get the guilt trip in there. Um, but uh, I remember I had one uh, author on the show, and she talked about how I think I asked her, you know, how do you how do you break through, uh, you know, writing and and writer's block and things of that nature, and she says, you know. Sometimes I used to have problems writing or what I was going to write about or getting motivated to write or writer's block. And she said, one time I was at a book signing and this gal came up to me and she told me a story about how she had been in prison and they had my book in prison and it was a women's prison, of course. And, and, uh, they, they had all started reading the book and doing group readings of it, and and they were using it to inspire themselves and make themselves better and, and try and better their life, you know, for whatever had put them into prison. They're like, hey, you know, we should probably, you know, not not do this again and come back here again. Let's let's all go make better lives. And, and so she told this story, and she was blown away. And she didn't know that, you know, there were there were people in prison that were using their, their her stories to inspire them, and so she says she keeps now a picture of of this uh, lady who, uh, it, and it's a picture of her in her yellow jumpsuit or orange jumpsuit from prison, and she keeps that picture on her desk so that when she's ever in, you know needs some motivation, inspired to write. Yeah. She writes. And I remember when I was in editing in my book and I was at the point where I was ready to throw out the window, right? There's always that thing. And all my writing friends are like, dude, dude, when you're ready to throw out the window, burn it and just go do something else, you're, you're almost there. Just push <laughs> through. I'm like, fuck you people. And, uh, and one of my friends in, uh, in England, she says, hey, man, I want to talk to you. And I go, okay, what? And she goes, she goes, listen. There's somebody who needs your damn book, man. There's somebody who needs it. You don't know who that person is. You're probably never going to meet them, but they need this book. 
They need whatever the message, whatever the story that's in there. They need this. And you're probably never going to meet them. You're probably not going to know them. But you're going to touch them. And you're going to move them. And you're going to change their life. And they need your book. So you got to get this thing written. And I was like, all right, well, okay, cool. Let's do this. Um, and so those are two great stories, I think, that that really were amazing. And uh, I think that's wonderful. And I'm yeah. glad that they, you know, you were three feet from gold. You've <laughs> heard that before, but they didn't uh, let you give up. Have you heard that um, Winston Churchill quote on writing a book? No, what? Oh, my gosh, you're going to love this because you'll, you'll, you reflect that. But he says, writing a book is an adventure to begin with. Mm -hmm. Then it is a toy and an amusement, but then it becomes a mistress. Then it becomes a master and then a tyrant. And the mm -hmm. last phase is just as you were about to be reconciled to your servitude, you kill the monster and fling him to the public. <laughs> that, that sounds like that sounds like my whole journey through editing. <laughs> yep. I don't I don't ever tell people that when they're first starting. But the the people who are in that editing phase and it's like just keep on keeping on because keep this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where you get it out to yeah. where it makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah, the editing, uh, the editing was the hardest part, and but yeah, just getting through it, and I, I finally, right before publishing, I reached the cathartic moment where I just said I was, I was happy, you know, I've been telling my stupid stories like agree up verbally forever, and people are like he's going to tell the same story again, um, you know, people listen to the podcast know this, and uh, uh, it was so nice to be able to get the book written because I don't have to tell the stories anymore. In fact, it's funny, I don't, I don't ever tell the stories. I'm like, just go read the fucking book, and. Uh, and uh, so, so I got to the end, and it was like one or two days before publish date. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to buy this book. And I reached a point where I just had a cathartic moment. I said, you know what? I don't give a damn if anybody buys this book. I don't give a damn if anybody reads it. I wrote my book. I finally got this thing done after 10 years of promising myself I get it done. These are my stories. I have memorialized my life in, I don't know, however long Amazon's going to be in business. I'm stupid, printing that stupid thing after <laughs> I die. Um, but I did it. I, cr I crossed the mountaintop. I beat the dragon. I won. It's going to be published. I don't care if anybody reads it. I just don't. I don't even care. I'm not even going to sleep over it. I'm, if people want to write horrible criticism about it, I do not care because I wrote it and I all this shit of my life, a part of my life is moralized forever. So, so screw it. I guess a couple people like this. There's that. Um, let's talk about your retreat uh, that you do. It looks like you have it coming up in October 5th through the 8th in 2023. Yes. At this mm -hmm. beautiful place right on the Utah Idaho border called Bear Lake. Lake. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful Lake. It's, it's still naturally blue. Yes. That gorgeous yeah. turquoise. It's blue. crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And so you, how long have you been doing the retreat there or um, anywhere? I've been doing retreats for about 10 years. Wow. And up at Bear Lake for about six. It's just mm -hmm. such an idyllic setting and very inspirational. It's mm -hmm. people let down their walls faster and their joy up mm -hmm. um, faster whenever it's a natural setting. So I love to do that. There you go. And so what do people do on their tree? How does it work? Well, it's pretty intensive. It's three and a half days and three nights. And so um, food and lodging and incredible food, by the way, oh. um, is all included. So everybody gets to hang out together, but there's plenty of space to write and to mm -hmm. go off and do things. 
we do a lot of experiential learning. So learning you're going to take with you for the whole rest of your life. So if you're in a classroom on a scale of one to 10, you usually will retain about two. Mm -hmm. If you do experiential exercises, it's closer to like five, six, seven. If you mm -hmm. write about it, then you're that 10 or 11. And I love to hit master 11 whenever I can. So mm -hmm. it changes people's writing because all of a sudden they're like, oh, you know, my reader cannot see or hear or taste or smell or feel anything until I put it on the page. And it just, it comes home. And so we do a lot of that. Um, we help break through imposter syndrome. And oh. the three greatest fears that, that most people have in writing, completing, and then also being visible in the launch of their book. So we work through those things. They have time to write. And um, a lot of immersive things, as I was saying, a lot of... Uh, intensive instruction too. like we have a full day on the business of your book because as a businesswoman mm -hmm. you know i don't have time to mess around with stuff i want to know the best ways for me as an individual to publish to get things out and so i i give people like here's what's happening in publishing so whether you're traditional publishing and here's large medium small if you're going to self-publish you need to know these things if you want to indie publish you need to know these things and then what's wonderful is i give pros and cons of all of them because they all have them pros and cons and so oh and we um recently introduced our own inspired legacy publishing uh, imprint and that has been taking off like wildfire so I really love that so I have some clients with books in New York I have mm -hmm. some who are like I'm going to be speaking on a stage in four months and I want to have a book and mm -hmm. so we work with them to get their books out and um, you know some people may have said to you you know well she doesn't do the expensive business cards and that's true I don't believe in just having an expensive business card like you you filleted yourself like a fish Chris out on paper for everyone to read right yeah. it might as well be something that could create such an impact that 50 years from now it's still inspiring people there you go and that's what I believe in creating something that leaves a legacy and so we have so much fun at those retreats and it's really cool because we like this last one that mm -hmm. was in may we had people from uh saskatchewan canada from mm -hmm. michigan from florida from texas from colorado from washington all and utah all came mm -hmm. together in one place and now they're like this tight and they're texting wow. each other and they're you know how's your writing coming this week and they're talking to one another it's really beautiful that's one thing that helps writers is uh, have an accountability uh, yeah. group, too. Yeah. It really does, because oftentimes it's a solitary thing we're doing, you know, squirreled away at home or wherever on our laptop. And then to have someone to say, hey, can I run this by you? Hey, how are you doing? You know, did you get your chapters done this week? You know, mm -hmm. And accountability is great. Yeah. And then they hit you if you don't, like, a, like a, one of those Catholic nuns, right? Is that <laughs> right. No, you don't do that. There's no hitting people. No hitting. Um, no hitting. No hitting, uh, no hitting. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, it, it, the location looks idyllic. Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, it's got overflow. I mean, if you can't get inspired at this place, and then it's looking, it's overlooking Bear Lake. Like, you can't inspired here. Uh, and the food is uh, excellent. I'm looking at some of the food. Do you bring in a chef for that and stuff? Oh, we do. We always have mm. two on staff. And so if you have, like, gluten-free needs or whatever you might be, and it's it's very healthy fare, but there's also comfort food. Like they made the most delicious chocolate cake at the last one that I was like, oh, wow. oh orgasmic, right? <laughs> it's just that good. And everybody else is like, their eyes are glazing over. I'm like, oh, they're loving this too. So yeah. the reward at the end of the day for a lot of, of 
you know, work. And we have prizes and other things when people stretch because, you know, you're writing a book, you're stretching and different things are stretches for different people. And so, you know, when we have one great big lovely grand prize that has to do with story and storytelling. So it's just really fun, amazing. It's usually called life transforming and book changing. Like people just love it. It doesn't matter if you're just starting or if you're three quarters or 90% all the way through the process. There is something there for all writers to learn. There you go. Three and a half days and three nights. It'll be coming up on October 5th through the 8th, 2023. You can do that. And of course, if you're watching the videos 10 years from now, you can probably catch whatever is going on there. Um, I, we have I'll to be doing this forever. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. Just, just, just check our website at inspiredwritersretreat.com. Um, you know, it's funny, people. I, we, we had to quit putting the price on reviews and different things. And that's why we quote the, uh, we, we quote the, the dates on books because people write us and be like five years from now and they'll be like, that book didn't come out this year. That's like five years old. It's, <laughs> it's 10 cents on Amazon now. And you're like, dude, seriously, do you look at the day of the video? But uh, <laughs> so we have to make those disclosures because it's, it's crazy what people put in comments on YouTube. Um, so this is really great. Anything more you want to tease out about what you do and how you do it? Um, the only thing that I would say is, is that, you know, if you go to look on the internet, how to write my book, mm -hmm. you know, whether fiction or nonfiction, um, I'm, I'm particularly good at nonfiction, but we also have fictional authors that come to our retreat and get a lot out of it. And also in our executive sessions. Um, what I will say is that, um, I'm not one, I have a lot of systems, but there is not one formula there's not one size fits all. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, whether you go to me or you go to someone else, always make sure that number one, your voice is what is honored at the end of the day, your ideas, your word selections, you know, other things, people can give you all kinds of beautiful advice. Um, but at the end of the day, you want it to be your story. There's nothing more heartbreaking than getting editing or ghostwriting or anything else. And you're not in your own book. So number one, just own your voice. And number two is to enjoy the journey because book writing is a journey. It's not something that happens overnight. And if it did, you know, you, you either downloaded it and God bless you. I think that's awesome. Um, or it came quick and now the time for the magic is in the rewrite. And a lot of really good authors will rewrite their book five, six, seven, 12 times until it is beautiful and magnificent piece of art and something mm -hmm. that truly can do something. So get someone who's going to honor your process. Mm -hmm. And if you know, like Gary, if you, if you come from a background where you have intensive amounts of healing to do, then write for yourself first. Forget about writing to the world, write for yourself first because you'll have more compassion and understanding and you'll like you better now. It's a very yeah. cool process. And then when you go to write the second draft and the third draft, then and in that magical rewrite, you already know what you have to say now. Now direct it to your avatar, that one person that you could have an intimate conversation with that will truly benefit from what you have to offer. That's how you reach millions. Yeah. Is, is that depth of intimacy. 
and read yourself as well, like as you just said. I mean, it's it's it, sometimes you learn. You know, I'm 55. You and and you live a life where you start forgetting stuff. You're like, you're like, uh, you know, you forget some of your accomplishments. You get some of the things you did, some of the lessons you did made, uh, some of the mistakes you can share, and then you sit down and you go, uh, "What happened?" Eh? And uh, you know, you, you start finding stuff. You're like, "Hey, that that was actually. I'm really not that horrible of a person. I'm actually I am, but don't worry about that. Uh, <laughs> let's put that aside for now." Um, but uh, in humor, I hope that's all throughout your book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we try. Uh, and but you know, it's it's a thing where um, you know people people uh, you 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 get to know yourself better, and it's it's almost a healing journey. I mean, I've written most of my life, but not written in book format. And if I could go back, I probably would write more in for book format. I mostly run on Facebook, and people are like, shut up, you're stupid. Uh, but, but that's Facebook. But, um, you know, being able to write and, and talk about things and put your things down. I mean, a lot of successful people journal, and so mm -hmm. that's kind of their writing. And so, you know, kind of helping you work through cathartic moments and 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 stuff and 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 then what's great is you go back and you look at some of the stuff you wrote and you're like i was a real idiot 10 years ago um <laughs> and you're like thank god i learned that lesson thank right. god i learned and then i write some more stupid crap on facebook anyway it's been wonderful to have you on the show bridget give us your dot coms wherever you want people to look you up on the interwebs please sure so for my retreat it's inspiredwritersretreat.com and my main website is your inspired story, your inspired story.com and find me on Facebook, find me on Instagram. I'm known as the book whisperer. I'd love to see you on there. The book, you should be the book screamer. Maybe <laughs> that'd be better. You could be the book screamer. Hey, if I was the screamer, then you wouldn't have your voice, right? I just whisper loving just things whisper. and sometimes directives. <laughs> Hey, I don't know. Maybe you could be one of those. You be one of those uh, yelling coaches, kind of like uh, who's that? Uh, who's that comedian? Sam Kinison. You could be like Sam Kinison, where you just oh, man. scream at people. Write your book, damn it! Ah! I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I'll be the accountability. So here's good cop, right? Holy. Good cop and bad cop. Here's bad cop. Get like your the whole, done. the whole head goes around. You know. <laughs> oh, my husband will tell you that happens all the time. We're good. Well, there you go. Uh, so order up the book, folks, wherever fine books are sold. Divine Turbulence, Navigating the Amorous Winds of Life uh, by Gary Lee Price, Bridget Cook-Birch as well. Uh, thank you very much, Bridget, for being on the show. We really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure, Chris. Thank you so much. There you go. And thanks for my audience for tuning in. Be sure to go to goodreads.com for chess Chris Foss, youtube.com for chess Chris Foss, linkedin.com for chess Chris Foss. Subscribe to the big LinkedIn newsletter and the big 130,000 LinkedIn group over there. And uh, follow us on TikTok because we're trying to be cool. And uh, I don't know, the kids over there are like, what is this old dude? Anyway, thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time. And that should have us out.